This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. In this episode, Stavi co-founder Costa Ligris joins us to offer his perspective on improving the industry, the role of technology, and a look ahead to the future in settlement services. Hey, Costa, thanks for joining us. Uh, you have an interesting story to share with us. We appreciate you taking time to share it. Um, give us your backstory and how you uh, came into this business to begin with. Uh, thanks, uh, Brian. Thanks for having me. This is uh, exciting. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, throughout the years when I've talked to people about uh, how did you end up in uh, title and settlement or in mortgage um, nobody ever grows up saying, I want to grow up and be uh, an escrow officer, or I want to grow up and be a conveyancing attorney. Um, <laughs> so we sort of all kind of like end up here in some way, shape or form. And uh, I'm a former scientist, or I guess I should say I'm a scientist that um, decided to go to law school to be a, a patent lawyer, but graduated at a pretty unfortunate time when the dot-com bubble burst. Um, and so now I guess I've just reverse engineered my age more or less, but say la vie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so graduated law school and a uh, pretty terrible time to try to find uh, work as a IP lawyer when all these t- uh, tech firms were really struggling. Uh, and so I had to quickly reinvent myself and by a series of fortunate, unfortunate circumstances, uh, I ended up in real estate um, and brought a lot of my, you know, sort of scientific mindset, having worked in labs um, towards the process of handling um, and scaling larger scale title and settlement operations. And with that said, when you first entered the business, if that's your mindset, um, be honest with us. I mean, how dysfunctional was it or is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, first and foremost, I think every industry and every vertical has some level of dysfunction. Um, It certainly is, um, you know, uh, I think really well-run operations are probably best categorized as um, you know, organized chaos, right? We, we tend to be in an industry where uh, there, is, there are a lot of moving parts and lots of moving parts, parts almost always means that there's plenty of opportunities for um, things to go, um, uh, to get a little wild and uh, things to sort of, you know, get derailed. Um, there's a lot of stakeholders um, and, and the amount of fragmentation that has existed and continues to exist in our industry uh, I think plays a role in that. There's no question. I mean, you encounter the fragmentation within each, whether it's a small title agent or a large company, and then you've got geographic issues as well, right? I mean, there could not be a more fragmented business that you could dream up. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's interesting when I um, when we were in the office, you know, pre-COVID, uh, as I started to scale up and build Stavi with my co-founder Josh. Uh, we would have these um, we would have these meetings in the conference room where I would start whiteboarding, um, you know, conversations and just really outlying processes in our industry to our engineering team. And so, if you think a scientist has a particular set of framework, you know, engineer bring it to a whole other level. And I remember I'd sit there and they would call these Costa brain dumps, um, where they would just sort of you know learn everything about a specific aspect of the process in about an hour. And they would ask me things like, well. Okay, so is it always this way? Because that's the, that's the engineering mind frame. Is like, is it always this way? Yep. Uh, is there ever an exception? And that's very <laughs> frustrating because you have to turn to them and be like, well, not always. You see, <laughs> it varies sometimes from state to state, uh, but then it also varies depending on the investor for the loan. Oh, and by the way, sometimes it even varies within a state. 
um, because the way things are done in Albany, New York is very different than, you know, New York City. Uh, and then in Florida, Broward County, you could just, you know, literally take a walk for like 100 feet and end up in Palm Beach County and they do things completely differently. And, and that's the type of fragmentation that exists and I think will exist in our, in our, in our world for quite some time. Um, but the reality is, you know, I've always looked at difficult problems and, and specifically fragmentation in our industry as those are the types of challenges that create the, the greatest amount of opportunity. Yeah, and engineers obviously hate hearing that answer, right? I mean, they want it to be dialed in and the same thing every time. So how do you overcome that? Well, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not sure I would say that they hate it. Um, it certainly makes their job more challenging, yeah. right? Um, and so for them, everything is just, it's pretty remarkable because I can go on and on for hours talking about, you know, obviously the most sexy thing in the world, which is title insurance. And I'll, I'll get onto a whiteboard and just start, you know, going crazy. And then we'll get to one of these exceptions and you can clearly tell, like in my mind, it's uh-oh, resistance problem. Like, how are we going to account for this? Whereas in their mind, it's like, okay, if this, then that, if that, then this, um, you know, they think in a very, um, they think, in a, their framework is very or- orchestrated and organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been pretty remarkable. Like when we launched our first product, we started to get a lot of traction from title agents in New York that use outside closers to handle their closings. And so I went to engineering with that and they were like, yep, no problem. Okay. We'll build around, you know, we'll build for that. So. Yeah. It's interesting. We, you know, we go down this scientific mathematic engineering road, but I mean, you seem to me like the exact opposite of that. I mean, there's some, you know, something went haywire in your DNA. You're too, you've got too much personality. You're too, you, you're, I mean, you're just not that guy, but actually you are, right? <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have to be right. And uh, I think, you know, for, you know, first and foremost, it's kind of interesting other than people that have known me my whole life, you really wouldn't know this, but, you know, sort of growing up when I was younger, you know, English is a second language for me. My parents were both born in Greece. I learned Greek at home before English, and I ended up going to school and I was in ESL. Uh, and for some time, you know, there is a confidence issue there. You're like, look, you know, a lot of things are foreign to me, not just sort of the, you know, the language growing up in a home speaking, you know, speaking Greek, but also just culturally. And for some time I was, I, I don't know if I want to say introverted, but I was fairly shy. It wasn't until later in life when I, you know, started becoming much more confident, um, you know, both in, uh, in myself and my abilities, where I really started to sharpen some of those, you know, soft skills. Um, I think when it ultimately comes down to it, you know, uh, at the end of the day, there's nothing more confident than, than really sort of understanding your space and being, you know, comfortable and spending a lot of time to really master the skills, um, you know, and, and the crafts that you, that you want to practice. Yeah, it's one thing to develop the tools in, you know, a lot of tech companies out there, they they do that, but there's really no substance behind it, right? It's, hey, we can take something from over here and apply it over there and it's going to work. And and you know, obviously, uh, not only because of your personality, your upbringing, MIT, we'll talk about that, that that is not the case. And certainly there's no business that it couldn't be more, you know, inaccurate than the title business because you just can't overlay something on this business and expect that it's going to have the same result as it did over there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the reality is, you know, you have to just really, I think, appreciate and understand the dynamics of all the stakeholders and the players involved in the in the closing process. And when you really look at, you know, some of the most successful people in 
in, in all of the aspects, whether it's, you know, uh, realtors or mortgage lenders, you know, successful escrow officers, title underwriters, you know, the, you know, the, the gamut. The reality is that you have to have incredible emotional intelligence. You need to be able to identify with people and connect with people. Um, I have, you know, there are people in this industry that, you know, when I left, uh, you know, title and settlement uh, and I, I exercised my succession plan, stepping down from, you know, my, my companies and my firm, um, you know, you sort of, you always sort of pause, I think, at some of these changes in your life and you wonder like, what, how does this change the dynamics in terms of the, some, some of the people I've interacted with? And I have lifelong friends that I know, um, I have built relationships with people um, that irrespective of whether, you know, I'm a title agent or, you know, actively closing deals for them. These are people that continue to be great champions for us. Um, they've been great friends to, to myself. And, and, and the reality is I look at it as, these are the types of relationships that endure everything, including, you know, changes uh, in the trajectory of our professional growth and development. So if you had to describe Stavi to someone in the industry, how would you describe it? So Stavi is, um, so, yeah, so Stavi is a, um, a tool that, uh, and this is sort of my elevator pitch, I guess, but Stavi is a tool that helps lenders um, communicate with their third-party vendors for title and settlement. Um, and sort of that's the short like one-liner, um, but the reality is we're just a lot more than that. We're a platform, right? And so what we aim to do is we want to empower uh, all of those stakeholders that are used to using a lot of manual processes, different systems, uh, fragmented systems, a lot of email for communications. We're looking to empower them with the best, most user-friendly, most secure tools to interact with each other and be able to completely redefine the delivery of the closing experience to their respective customers. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, there's so much to that. I mean, you say that in a, you know, a, a 10-second elevator speech and every lender is going to look at you and go, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, exactly, absolutely. And, you know, you, it's, uh, it is certainly uh, one of those things where, you know, changing behaviors is always difficult. Um, you know, one of the most interesting things building a technology company for myself, uh, I'm the oldest person in the company and I am, I'm married to my email, right? And so having built law firms and title companies, you can imagine like the, the sheer amount of email that I would get in a day was pretty overwhelming. Uh, but I have a pretty, you know, general rule that I try to get back to almost everything that's of substantive nature, um, either the same day or by the next morning. And building a technology company with a lot of younger people that have come from other technology companies, I would reach out and be like, Hey, I sent you a note on this. Like what's going on. And they'd be like, what, when did you send me a note? I didn't get a text or, or a Slack from you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I sent you an email. And they're like, Oh yeah, I don't check email today. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, you know, you see this behavior, especially in people that are used to working in, you know, engineering teams or at, uh, you know, a technology companies, you know, email is an external facing tool and yes, they can appreciate it. But, you know, even to the point where we have integrations with some of the people we do business with on a regular basis in our Slack channel. And so I, I touch upon that because, you know, one of the core things at Stabby is we're trying to change the behavior of getting people off of email. Um, and so, you know, right, you know, traditionally and, you know, again, I know, Brian, you know, I've got extensive background in, in real estate and mortgage. You know, if you wanted updates or you need to communicate with your title vendors, you jumped on email. Um, and, and the reality is that email is not secure. Um, it's hard to track. It's inefficient. 
Uh, and so it serves some incredible purposes and has completely changed our world. But the reality is that, you know, email is actually not the best solution for being able to manage this type of workflow. So tell us more about Stavia. I mean, you've piqued our interest here. What is it that this can do for lenders beyond the elevator speech? Yeah. So essentially what we do is we pick up uh, when you're coming out of your LOS system, we pick up the communications and the management of information and, uh, and documents between you and your vendors. Um, and we handle everything from coming out of the LOS all the way through closing and then going back into the LOS. And so essentially, when you place a title order um, with one of your title vendors or providers, instead of sending them an email and attaching title order forms and purchase contracts and anything else relevant to the transaction, you actually push that file right into Stavi and you have real-time chat notifications. We basically took everything we loved about chat and everything we loved about email uh, and everything we hated about those two things. And we built a messaging system inside of Stavi where lenders uh, and you know, processors, closers, loan officers, you know, it's, you know, the reality is you can build sort of that experience in terms of who you want to have access to this, but they have real-time insights into the messaging back and forth with their vendors. And so it allows them to be able to communicate securely, no need for secure email. Um, they can send documents back and forth, no size of, you know, attachment issues. Um, and we're now starting to really help them with the workflow in terms of identifying the type of document and what behaviors and what requirements have to happen on each end. Um, and so it allows for this sort of, you know, uh, you know, platform for all of this messaging and communication to happen in a very secure place with a ton of data. Uh, and what I mean by data is, you know, you can literally go in even to the county level and see how long things are taking to turn, um, you know, at a county level or even more granularly, we can go down to a city or township level. That's amazing. Who all would we want to include in this and who might not be included? I mean, are you putting appraisers in here too? I mean, what, what's the extent of it? So right now, you know, we're really focusing on title and settlement. Okay. Um, we think that there's, um, you know, there are certainly opportunities to engage with the appraisal, um, you know, aspect at some point. Um, but for the time being, uh, I think that a lot of lenders, especially in light of some of the changes from a regulatory perspective, have really, you know, over the course of the last, you know, decade or so, fine-tuned uh, how they communicate with their appraisers and what that workflow looks like. But title and settlement is a completely different animal. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where uh, the types of information that's passed back and forth um, can be hypersensitive when you're dealing with loan numbers and socials and, you know, clearing uh, curative documents. And so we really wanted to focus on that. My co-founder's background is all in cybersecurity, fraud and abuse. And so, you know, we're not sort of afraid to, you know, to tackle those types of bigger issues and problems. And those are, that's a huge issue. Obviously, uh, wire fraud, we've all covered that. And we, I think, hopefully most people are aware of that. But beyond that, there's a whole other world. Yeah. And, you know, wire fraud. So here's a reality. People will come to me and be like, can't you, you're a tech, tech guy now, like figure out wire fraud. You know, here's the short of it. Wire fraud cannot be solved with a product. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, yeah. it'd be very, it's a bold statement, but, you know, there are companies that are building portals and all sorts of other things. The reality is that this is a behavioral change that has to happen. Um, and when we are doing so much business on email, the threat of phishing attempts and business email compromise, BEC, you know, wire fraud issues, and, you know, that is real. It's persistent. And it's not going away. You know, just getting an email and telling you to go, you know, check the wiring instructions on some website, I argue is not a solution, right? It is, the reality is 
we can't solve this problem with a product. We have to solve this problem with a platform and we have to solve this problem by changing that behavior. We have to really get to a place where we can't rely on email for some of our most sensitive information. Yeah, no doubt about that. While I have you, the name, where did you, where'd you get the name? <laughs> so um, great question. Stabby is, um, has a, uh, it's a multi, you know, multi-dimensional sort of name play. Uh, my dad's name, who was a big influence in my life as an entrepreneur, uh, was Stavros. And Stavros in Greek means cross. So we like sort of the play of the intersection between technology and real estate. Um, and so, so it's that, you know, that crossing of where technology and real estate uh, uh, touch. Um, and so my nephew growing up named after my dad, we called him Stavi. Um, and we were able to pick up Stavi.com as a, as a domain name. Um, we like to play off of, you know, uh, being savvy with adding a T uh, for technology. Um, you know, some marketing people then told us, oh, look, you know, ST and AV, you got street and avenue in your name. Um, but the reality is uh, the genesis of it was it was something that just sort of was a fun name that resonated with us um, that came off of the, you know, the genesis of, uh, of my late father's name. Boy, that's a great story. And nice to know we don't have yet another acronym in a business that's already full of them, right? Uh, I feel like every day in real estate, there is a new acronym. <laughs> Talk about the future now and where you see not only Stavi, but the industry. Let's talk three to five years. And I know that that's light years from now, the way this business operates, but maybe look into the future and what do you see? Yeah. So um, I think when it comes to, you know, when it comes to lending, here's what I see. I see, you know, continued margin compression, um, you know, a a low regulatory environment for quite some time, especially in light of COVID. I think you're going to see, you know, uh, constant pressure on uh, competition on the mortgage lending side. Uh, But the, and so the reality is all these things tell me that we need solutions and we need innovation to both drive the cost down um, you know, for origination and closing and settlement of a transaction uh, and create a better customer experience. This is just the reality. The reality is that we are an always on economy. We are a global economy. And you can just sort of see like, you know, the reality, this is just the reality, right? The reality is that COVID would not have been as impactful, you know, in the U.S. 50 years ago because we are a global economy. The amount of travel that occurs um, has completely changed. And so consumers are used to always on, uh, they're used to being able to get things done 24 seven online. And so these, you know, this, this sort of concept of how do you marry and blend customer experience? How do you take, um, you know, that level of transparency availability, but also having access to uh, a professional when you, when you need questions answered. And so I think what we're starting to see is we're starting to see really the, we're just starting to scratch the surface of the digital transformation of mortgages. Um, and even in light of COVID, uh, the amount of e-notes that Fannie and Freddie are buying are still at really low levels. Uh, we're talking about single digit percentage adoption. Um, and so there, the amount of opportunity there is massive. And for us, we look at this and all we see is opportunity to bring really, um, you know, really cutting edge uh, products to market. Um, where we can empower lenders of all sizes. I don't care if you're a credit union that does 10 units a month or a national fintech lender that does thousands of units you know, uh, a week. We want to be able to empower you with the type of technology to create a better customer experience that's more secure, more transparent, and decisions can be made uh, at a data level. And I have to ask, entrepreneur in residence at <laughs> MIT. That sounds pretty cool. What, what does that entail? 
Yeah, it's it is it's really it's really amazing. I'm uh, I'm honored to sort of serve in this function and capacity at our entrepreneurship center. So um, basically, um, it's great. It's uh, I'm not I'm not faculty, so I don't have to deal with all of the amazing things that faculty members have to deal with. Um, and I get to do what I love, which is I get to work with early stage founders across all verticals and just give them some sort of real advice uh, in terms of what have I done that's worked, what have I done that hasn't worked. What do I think about what they're, you know, the path they're going down? Um, it's really a, a fancy title for being uh, an incredible cheerleader. Um, you know, I, I tell people, people are like, oh, so you're a mentor. And I'm like, yeah, it's about, you know, 90% of what I do is cheerleading, 10% of what I do is mentorship. Um, and the reality is it's, it's really been one of the most uh, amazing experiences for me professionally. Um, you've heard of this expression, you know, if you're the smartest guy or gal in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, yep. I'm never in the wrong room on that campus. <laughs> thanks to Stabby co-founder Costa Ligris for joining us. And thank you for partnering with WFG. To learn more about our unique process, systems, and technology, visit WFGagent.com. And to gain access to cost-effective solutions for your agency, visit WFGblocks.com.